I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's a little strange when we stop to think about it, how the day that commemorates the crucifixion of Jesus is called Good Friday. It's strange how the retelling of a story of a gruesome death of a peasant from a small town came to be associated with the word good. It's a story of a young man who got on the wrong side of the government, who threatened the established order so much that he was put to death by one of Rome's favorite instruments of execution designed to be so brutal and humiliating that it would deter anyone from posing a threat to the way things were done. The weight of this day is felt even more given the context of this past year and these past couple weeks. It feels like salt in the wound to hear the story of Jesus' death piled on top of personal and communal loss as a result of this pandemic, the reality of a deeply polarized political landscape, and most recently, news of a pair of mass shootings. This day has had other names throughout Christian tradition, Black Friday, or the German translation of this day, Sorrowful Friday. In the Orthodox Church, this day is referred to as Great and Holy Friday. And I think that name tends to resonate with me a bit more. Today is a sorrowful day marked by solemnity, but today in the Christian Church is also a holy day a day when we are invited into God's vision and way of life made known through Jesus. Today we hear the passion narrative from the Gospel of John. In John's retelling of the story, unlike the accounts of the other Gospels, Jesus is in control the entire time. He doesn't beg or stumble or cry out when he hangs from the cross. He doesn't need any help carrying his cross to the execution site, like in some other Passion accounts where Simon of Cyrene has to help him along the way. In John's telling of the Passion, Jesus directs and orchestrates his own arrest as he goes out to meet his apprehenders. Even when he says, I am thirsty, as he is hanging from the cross, we are told he does so in order to fulfill the scriptures. The author of John loves including signs throughout his writing, and they are woven throughout his telling of the passion narrative to remind the audience that all of this is connected to a much bigger story, a cosmic story. In John's account of the crucifixion, Jesus is in charge all the way. If we remember all the way back to the beginning of John's Gospel, we might recall those familiar words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus has been around since the very beginning. He was there when the world came into being. 
According to John's gospel, Jesus was not some second thought God had when his original plan didn't go or pan out as he had hoped. Jesus wasn't God's plan B. It reminds me of that saying, Jesus didn't come into the world to change God's mind about us. Jesus came into the world to change our minds about God. And to Jesus' vulnerable love on the cross that finally reveals God's love. At his death, Jesus proclaims, it is finished, and he gives up his spirit. It's Jesus' way of saying, mission accomplished. And for many who were expecting a strong and mighty God, the scene of Jesus on the cross must have been disappointing and confusing. But for those who had been in relationship with Jesus, those who he had taught, those whose feet he had washed, those who gathered at the foot of the cross while he died, Jesus' mother, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, and the beloved disciple, they looked upon a scene where God died for love of them. As Barbara Brown Taylor writes, he had put his own body between them and those who meant to do them harm. He had demolished the rock around their hearts. He had shown them a dangerous new way to live. He had shown them a dangerous new way to live. On the day when Jesus was crucified, two worlds collided. The world of the Roman Empire and Emperor Tiberius represented by Pilate, and the one whose kingdom is not of this world, Jesus. Jesus on the cross reveals God's holy vision of creating a new community of self-giving and unrestricted love. And this community of love is counter to the ways of domination, power, and selfishness that we humans tend to gravitate towards. Jesus, so committed to revealing God's holy vision, embodies this self-giving and unrestricted love even to the point of death on the cross. Even when the world does its worst, Jesus, unfazed and triumphant, invites us into a particular kind of life, a life marked by taking a stand against systems of exploitation and violence, taking a stand against systems that benefit some but do harm to others, a life marked by upholding those on the fringes, the sick, the poor, the downtrodden. Jesus lived into the holy vision that God had for his life and invites us to do the same, invites us to find courage and strength to embody self-giving, unrestricted love. To be honest, I still have trouble calling this day good but the words of the scholar David Loos have helped me. Loos writes, This is why we call this day on which we remember the cruel death of an innocent Good Friday. For on it we remember that vulnerability is more powerful than violence, forgiveness more powerful than justice, love more powerful than hate, and life more powerful than death. As we witness Jesus' peculiar, unexpected, but oh so ultimate victory in 
and through the cross. Today is the day when we are invited into God's vision and way of life made known through Jesus. Today is a holy day.